What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 18. You can always check us out on Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Akeem, as always, joined here by Vito Patel. And Vito, we got the divisional playoff round coming off this weekend in the NFL. Playoffs are getting deeper, and I think this week's going to be a lot closer than last week. There's a lot of one-sided games. Yeah, more than expected. Maybe with the addition of the new seven seed, I guess there's a gap between them and the two seed. But we're down to the last eight teams in the playoffs. The NFL's version, I guess, of the Elite Eight, the divisional round. Yeah, to recap last week real quick, we had the Bengals got their first playoff win in 31 years, beating the Raiders 26-19. Bills dominate with a near-perfect offensive game against their rivals, the New England Patriots, 47-17. Bucks easily handle the Eagles to move on, 31-15. Chiefs hold off early Steelers run, upset them in what probably was Big Ben's last game. They beat them 42-21. 49ers hold off Dallas's late comeback, 23-17, and Dak drops to 1-3 in the playoffs in his first six seasons. And the Rams absolutely dominate the Cardinals, who could not get anything going. Tough day for Kyler Murray. They lose 34-11. Yeah, the best part about all of this is that if you listen to last week's episode, Michael and I somehow agreed on every single pick. I feel like in the NFL season, we haven't done that yet. And we're, all, we're right on all of them. Six for six. Yeah, I guess we're pretty good if we agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the disagreements that go a little hard. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good uh, playoff weekend overall. I didn't expect the Bills to dominate the Patriots, and I did expect the Bucks to dominate the Eagles, but not so bad. Like it, the score was thirty-one fifteen, but it was it was a blowout from the beginning. It was some late scores. I also didn't expect the Rams to absolutely destroy the Cardinals. That was crazy. I think the Bills won. I was very pleased with, but the Rams was the most surprising, I think. You weren't that surprised that the Bills scored every single drive a touchdown? Like, that was pretty surprising to me, I would say. I was probably the most surprised by that one. I just, I was enjoying that game too much to to realize how how crazy it was until after I went back and I was like, wow, they scored (laughs) on every offensive drive besides their last one where they need it. True, yeah. As a fan, you probably didn't notice how awesome your team was doing. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Looking ahead to the divisional round, like you said earlier, these games I think are going to be a lot closer. I don't see any blowouts this weekend. We got four good games. Starts with the number one seed Titans taking on the four seed Bengals on Saturday, four thirty. Joe Burrow's never lost a playoff game in his college or now NFL career, and Derrick Henry returns after being out for about eight weeks, and he was on pace before he got hurt for a second straight two thousand yard season. So, Vito, what do the Bengals need to do to win this one? They've been looking pretty hot lately, but there's definitely some big things they need to do. One of the big things is protect Joe Burrow. What sucks for the Bengals is they're the worst team in protecting their quarterback, giving up the most sacks in all of the NFL. And they go against a pretty good Tennessee Titans pass rush that has multiple players with A-plus sacks. So, yeah, protect Joe Burrow. And then also protect the ball in general. They're 0-14 when they had over two turnovers, and this goes back to last year. And then get ahead early and make Tennessee play catch-up. They have a bunch of scoring weapons. They have almost three 1,000-yard receivers. They have two 1,000-yard receivers for sure in Higgins and Jamar Chase. And so they have the weapons to score. But if they fall behind, Tennessee has the ability to run run the ball really well. So those are the big keys. And my X factor for this game, if the Bengals are to win this game, is T. Higgins. 
he had a thousand yards receiving as a second year player. He might be inconsistent, and he definitely was last week where he only had one catch. But he's a playmaker, and Jamar Chase is going to need a little more help this game. So T. Higgins, for me, he, I expect him to have a big game if they want to win. Yeah, for the Bengals X-Factor, I think it's got to be T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is going to need some help. Uh, we saw a couple weeks ago he can do everything like he did against the Chiefs, but you know, come playoff time, I don't think you can just rely on one rookie like that. So I think they're going to need help from someone else. Um Definitely need some help. And, and actually, luckily for them, the Titans have a good front seven, but they don't have that good of a pass defense, which gives plenty of opportunity for both of them to take advantage of that defense. Yeah, and actually a little more into that. So for the Titans, they need to get after Joe Burrow. Don't give him time to find an open guy because, like you said, their, their secondary is not the best. So there's probably going to be an open guy, whether it be T. Higgs or Chase. Um, and then on offense, establish the run early which I think they will do, but use that to set up play action and take shots down the field. Uh, the Bengals' pass defense is not the best either. They're definitely better against the run, but when you set up that play action, take your shots down to A.J. Brown, down to Julio. And lastly, this goes for most teams in the playoffs, don't turn it over and don't give the Bengals extra chances. Just put it away early, uh, control the clock with the good run game that they have. And then, so for me, for the X Factor for the Titans, I think it's got to be A.J. Brown. When their time comes to take those shots down the field, if he converts them and picks up those huge chunk plays moving down the field, I think that's going to be huge in helping them put away this game. I mean, A.J. Brown has been balling out anyway, so that's definitely a big one. But for me, I think Derrick Henry is going to be the X factor. I know he hasn't played in a long time, but if he could come even like 70% of who he was, that gives the Titans a huge advantage and they don't have to rely too much on the pass game and could definitely switch it up create opportunities both sides so what are you predicting for this game who you got i I mean i I love the Bengals, uh and i definitely want to go for them i want them to win but the titans are just a really good team this year and they find ways to win even without their best player now their best player is finally back and they had two weeks to prepare rest up a little bit i i just can't see the titans and they're at home i just can't see them coming out flat i i think the times win but i think people are gonna be surprised how much of a challenge the Bengals are gonna pose i think they're a team that's young but they have a lot of talent and so Titans been a close one yeah under mike Vrabel, the Titans are eight and no and they have eight or more days to prepare and i wanted to pick the Bengals too but i don't see it i say tennessee wins with a big game from aj brown probably not many receptions but a lot of yards yeah big playmaker Moving on to the Saturday night game, we got the number one seed in the NFC, the Packers, taking on the five seed 49ers after they upset the Cowboys in the wild card weekend. And heading into this one, Debo Samuels and Devontae Adams are two of the top five receivers in the NFL, at least in terms of yards. Obviously, coming into this week, Rodgers is not going to be resting like he was against the Lions. And the Packers this year, 13-2 and when Rodgers plays and plays the whole game. I think their offense is going to be okay. The 49ers have a pretty good run defense, so they might be able to take away the run game. But I think Rodgers is going to attack their the 49ers defense weakness, and that's their cornerbacks. So find wherever Devontae is. Um, they can get ahead early, make a run team play catch up. It's going to be tough for the 49ers to come back. And then on defense, can't miss tackles in the run game. The 49ers are very good at, at running it. They're a run-first offense. If they can contain the run, and then when they set up play action, 
Jimmy Garoppolo loves to go throw over the middle. So for me, the X factor in this game for the Packers is going to be their linebackers. Damage control in the run game. Don't let them bust out big, you know, first down runs and then trying to limit the Jimmy Garoppolo's passing over the middle field. I think the Packers will be all right if they can do those two things on defense. I think Packers would definitely benefit for Devontae Adams having a big game, and I want to say he's my X factor. When he has a big game, the Packers just do really well. Uh, yeah, the Packers are 8-1 when Devontae Adams has at least 100 yards. So what do the 49ers need to do to win, then? One of the just right off the bat, a contain Devonte Adams. Uh, that would definitely help them. Uh, don't let him have a big game. But 49ers have had a really unique player in like Debo Samuels, Samuels, who is top five in the NFL in receiving with 1,405 yards. But he's also a pretty dynamic in the backfield. He has 365 yards, and he had a big 72-yard game against Dallas. He's just a speedster. He's a playmaker, and I think involving him is definitely going to be huge. But as of late, and in general, Jimmy G and the 49ers don't do well when he makes bad mistakes. The 49ers are 2-6 and six when Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception. So I would say another key is just to protect the ball. And then the 49ers, they're a weird team when it comes to running the ball because they've had a good amount of running backs, but they've had some injuries, like most notably to uh, Raheem Mostert, which a couple years ago when they played in 2020, Mostert tore the Packers up in the NFC Championship game with over 200 yards rushing. I mean, he's not going to be there, but they're going to have combination of Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. And and overall, as a team, they've had over 2,000 yards rushing. So definitely run the ball. And uh, and the Packers, for lucky for them, are pretty bad at run defense. Uh, they allow 4.7 yards a carry and are 31st in the NFL. And then the 49ers have a good run D, and that's definitely going to be big because if they get to slow down Aaron Jones, that's going to force Aaron Rodgers to be more limited and, you know, overall would just help them out. So, but for overall for the 49ers to win, I think Debo Samuels is the X factor. I mean, make plays any, just get in the ball in the backfield, receiving screens, anything. He'll make plays. Yeah, I agree. I think Debo's got to have a big game, whether it's catching it or running it, just making plays, big chunk plays, uh, help, help 49ers move down the field. I mean, he's so fast, too. Like, I mean, I'm just going back to that. You know that touchdown he had against the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, no one's pursuing could you catch up to him. So, like, yeah, just getting them the ball is just going to be your cheat code. So, these two teams met back in week three of the season where the Packers ended up beating the 49ers 30-28. to I think Green Bay wins this one by at least a touchdown, or about a touchdown, I should say. Not at least. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the 49ers are really good. But the Packers are like the best team I think in the NFL, as we mentioned earlier last week. And so I think Packers win a close one, but I don't think it's going to be that dominant. I think it's a touchdown or less. I could see this being a field goal game just like last time. It was a two-point game. Yeah, I think the 49ers definitely continue to surprise people as the season progressed. You know, back-to-back road wins against the Rams and Cowboys. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, this would be too crazy for them to win this one on the road against Green Bay. Moving on to the Sunday games, we'll start with the number two seed in the NFC Bucks taking on the four seed Rams. So these two teams also met in week three, in which the Rams won 34-24. However, for the Bucks to win the rematch, I think they got to get Ryan Jensen, their center, and their tackle Tristan Wirfs healthy. I think they're both should be okay to play this weekend. 
Uh, if not, Aaron Donald might have a field day rushing up the middle. Uh, but for that O-line, just give Brady time. Just give him a chance. He gets the ball out pretty quick anyway. And, I mean, just having Tom Brady on your team, I don't think he's going to make mistakes. And end the drive with touchdowns. I don't think field goal is going to beat this good Rams team. They scored touchdowns on over 65% of their red zone trips this season, and that's good for a second in the NFL. And then for defense, just get a takeaway or two. The Bucks are undefeated 11-0 when intercepting the quarterback at least once this year. So force a pick off Stafford. Um, and just the more the ball's in Brady's hands, I think the better it is for you. In terms of the X factor, I think it's got to be the wide receiver room. Uh, with Godwin going out a couple weeks ago with an ACL injury, I think they're going to need someone to step up, help maybe Mike Evans and, and Gronk, and, and make a couple plays. I'm a little more specific in that one. I think Mike Evans himself has to just impose his will. I know Ramsey might be lined up against him on the other side, which is definitely not going to be a fun matchup at all. But I think he has to have a big game because I don't I don't know how who else is going to make that many big plays without Brown and without Godwin. So I would say Mike Evans. That's going to be a tough one, though. As for the Rams, uh, in order for them to win, I think they got to play – really clean uh you can't make turnovers you can't make mistakes uh especially against tom brady playoff brady is i i think i saw the stat that tom brady's won more playoff games than all the other quarterbacks in the playoffs combined and this is like last week when the playoffs started when there's like a lot more teams yeah he's got more playoff wins than i think than most teams in the nfl since he's entered the league which is insane he has experience of not making bad plays and making mistakes and he just has a winner mentality. So if you're going to beat him, you can't beat yourself. So no turnovers. In addition to that, don't beat themselves with penalties. If you're the Rams, they had one penalty for four yards when they played them in week three, which is probably why they beat them by two scores. But the biggest thing, though, is to take away Brady. Like knowing that there's no Godwin and Brown, bring that pass rush there because he is more limited with his weapons anyways. And impose your will on the offensive line, knowing that, Werfs and Jensen are injured. Uh, I mean, even if they play, I think Donald should definitely have the upper hand. I mean, he has the upper hand if they're healthy. And if they're injured, I think he can impose his will. I would say also keep them one-dimensional. If you could take away the run, you're going to force Brady to pass. And especially if Ramsey could slow down Mike Evans, which I think is another key win to slow down Mike Evans. Because I don't think... I know Gronk is supposed to be fairly good, but I don't know. I, I don't think he's as reliable as a top wide receiver. So get rid of Mike Evans would be another key for me. But in general, I would say my X factor is going to be a pass rush. The Rams ranked third in the NFL in sacks with 50 sacks this year. And I think they keep the pressure coming against Tom Brady this week. For me, for the X factor for the Rams, I think it's the DBs. I think they need to come up with a turnover. Uh, they're also third in interceptions with 19 this year. And like I mentioned, the Bucks are undefeated 11-0 when they force an interception by the other team. The Rams are undefeated 6-0 when not throwing interception. So, interesting. I think I think the turnover margin is going to be a huge factor in this game. Wow, they're top three in sacks and takeaways. I mean, that defense comes to play and adding Stafford to the other side. They're just a tough team to beat. Yeah, that's why when you added Stafford, the goal was Super Bowl. Exactly. And... They lost Robert Woods, but luckily they added back Odell. 
And Odell's got, been playing better as of late. And then you have Cooper Cup, who's number one receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns. Like, I think Rams are the team that takes down Tom Brady this year. Yeah, I got Rams as well. I got Rams in a close one, maybe like 27-23, something like that. Actually, I think this game is going to be a one-to-two score game. I think Rams could win by a two scores. and I wouldn't be too surprised. They showed how dominant they were against the Cardinals. I know there could be an argument that's made that like, the Buccaneers were really dominant against the Eagles, but I think the Cardinals are a much better team than the Eagles, especially being divisional rivals. So you think it ends up similar to week three? Yeah, I think so. I think 34-24 would be a good score. I wouldn't predict the Just same exact score. repeat. Yeah, exactly. I would. I wouldn't predict the same score, but I I could see a score like that. Maybe thirty five, twenty four. I could see a two score game. I mean, this is this is their chance. They don't have too many years with Stafford, and they have all this talent. I think they'd go ahead and do it. And yeah, they definitely built the organization as a win now team. Uh, moving on to my favorite game of this week, we got the number two Chiefs versus the number three Bills Sunday night six thirty. Both teams' offenses absolutely dominated on Wild Card Weekend. Mahomes, 404 yards and five touchdowns. Chiefs had 478 total yards. Allen, 308 yards and five touchdowns. The Bills had 482 yards. Like I said earlier, seven drives, seven touchdowns. These two teams also met up in the regular season in Week 5, where the Bills won that 38-20. to 20. So a lot of rematches throughout this playoffs. Absolutely. This is actually probably the game I'm most excited for, first of all, because of the rematches. I mean, they played twice in the last year. Last year, Chiefs crushed Bills fans' hopes with the AFC Championship win. Yes, they did. I can <laughs> I can attest to that. I mean, Mahomes, I mean, he's really good in general, but in the playoffs, it seems like he turns it up a little. This year, though, Bills showed that, you know, they're, they're forced to be wrecking with, and they crushed the Chiefs. But one of the things the Chiefs could do to uh, win this game is get to an early lead. Uh, the Chiefs scored on 49% of their drives in the first quarter of the season, which is the best in the NFL. And, I mean, that's probably what helped them win a lot of their games. Though, last week, they struggled to score for the longest time. And, I mean, Mahomes dropped, like, six touchdowns in, like, a short span of time. I mean, I guess five touchdowns, but the team dropped six. Yeah, Kelsey threw the last one, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Kelsey, he's so much faster than I thought he was. Like, I, I knew he was good, but I didn't realize how fast he was. And yeah, he's another key to their win. Get Kelsey established in the past game. So yeah, he's definitely fast and big, just a mixed match. But I mean, they also have two of the other fastest players in the NFL when you add in Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman. But anyways, that's beside the point. Uh, then they got to keep the Bills out of the end zone. The Chiefs defense allowed a completion percentage of 79% in the red zone, which is the worst in the NFL, but I mean, the Chiefs aren't the same team that lost to the uh, Bills earlier this year, though. Their defense has got much, much better. And I mean, we were talking about this in our pod when we were talking about the best defense in the NFL, and Chiefs defense has got better. And early in that uh, Steelers game, they pretty much dominated. That one touchdown they had was on defense for the Steelers. They had that TJ Watt fumble recovery. So overall, I don't think Chiefs are the same team that the Bills played earlier. And because of that, uh, I'd say their X factor is their D line. Build put pressure on Josh Allen and, you know, be the same defense that's gotten much better as the season progressed. Yeah, I think their their X factor's gotta be the D line. Buffalo's been getting a little better at running the ball, so if they can take that away and make Buffalo one dimensional, uh it makes it a little easier to to play and try to contain Allen and the Bills offense. 
As for Buffalo, hopefully don't let the, the Chiefs D-line kind of dictate what you want to do. Try to keep the offense balanced, establish the run. Uh, like I said, they've been doing a much better job at it over the last like four weeks. And then I think the offense will come. Uh, the Chiefs, not too great passing defense. So I think the Bills offense should be all right. Uh, I'm more worried about where they are on the defense side of the ball. You know, Mahomes, he's a great player. He's going to make some magic happen. So just try to limit it. You know, keep everything in front of you. Bills are going to need a good game from both of their safeties, from Poyer and Hyde. Probably going to play a lot of cover, too. Don't allow any home run hits. Make the Chiefs work for everything. Make them drive the length of the field every time. Make them earn it the long way. And what goes good for the Bills is their defense has allowed first downs on only 26% of pass attempts this season, which is the best in the league. So they don't give up too many big plays. And if you make the Chiefs work down the field, I think that that's what a lot of teams had success against the Chiefs in the early part of the season. So kind of rekindle that. And, you know, the Bills defense only allowed 12 touchdown passes this season, which is the fewest in the NFL. And again, just limit Mahomes. You know, don't let him throw five touchdowns like he did last week. On offense, protect Josh Allen. Give him time along with running the ball. Uh, the Bills have only allowed 27 sacks this season, which is tied for second fewest in the NFL. And thankfully, the Chiefs D-line isn't too good at getting after the quarterback. They have only have 31 sacks on the season, which is tied for the fourth fewest in the league. So we can protect Josh Allen, give him time. He also is a great player and a playmaker and will make plays out of nowhere. So just give him the chance to do that. And then I think one of the big things for why the Bills won in the regular season was takeaways. He had two interceptions and two fumbles. So if we can get takeaways in this game and end the Chiefs' drives early and give Allen just more chances, I think that's going to go well for the Bills. So the X factor has got to be the offensive line and give Allen time to make plays and establish the run. That's what the Bills got to do to to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. No, I mean that's a good one, but I I see a different way this game's gonna go. Uh, I feel like defense is gonna make some plays, and luckily the Bills tied third in the NFL for interceptions with 19 this year, and I think that's their X factor. The secondary make Mahomes make plays. Plus that interception by Micah Hyde, holy, that was that was insane. I mean I don't know, it just gets me pumped up. I like I like the Bills' secondary. I think that they're the big X factor for me, and especially going against the weapons that Mahomes has. I think they, if they step up, they win. I think having Micah Hyde and, and Poyer back there, those two all pro guys this year, definitely helps. And for my prediction, Bills win in a shootout game onto the AFC Championship. Yeah, this is tough because I, I want the Bills to win, and I actually see this being a really close game. But uh, I think I think I go with the Chiefs just because, I mean, they're. They've won the AFC two years in a row, and they're at home. I think since the Chiefs lost them earlier this season, I think they have a little more of a feel I would expect. And I think I go, I go with the Chiefs, but very hesitantly. Like I'm hesitating right now. Like it's pretty <laughs> hesitant because <laughs> the Bills looked so good last week, and I don't want to pick against those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, we're wrong about last week. Bills Pats being close, but I think this one will actually be closer. Yeah. Even if it's like a one-touchdown game, I still think it's going to be close because I think it's going to be high scoring. And actually, the Chiefs, when they played the Steelers last week, they went the whole first quarter, most of the second quarter without scoring, and then they scored quick six touchdowns, I think six drives in a row. They kind of copied what the Bills did, to be honest. But the Bills scored seven drives in a row. <laughs> I know. They, they looked, um, last week was a almost perfect game on offense for the Bills and for the Chiefs after you know like a quarter and a half. 
it was almost perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've never even seen or heard of teams scoring touchdowns like multiple drives in a row in the NFL, let alone six plus. But yeah, so as much as I want to say the Bills are red hot, if you take out the first quarter and a half of that Steelers game, I think the Chiefs are just as hot. Yeah, no, uh, that's why I think I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah, oh man, imagine if both teams just keep scoring every drive. That'd be fun though. <laughs> I'm hoping this game ends up like that, that Chiefs-Rams Monday night game from a couple years ago where it ended up like 51-53 uh, be... or 54 or something like that. Yeah, that that game was so hype. Mm-hmm. That, if that if that was this game, I don't even care who wins. It would be the best they are. But I mean, for you, hopefully the Bills would. Hopefully, we will see. The NFL divisional round is set for this weekend. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. After that, will be the conference championships, which is getting more and more tense. Mm-hmm. And all these teams are so good. Like. I feel like even if you all switch the, the yeah, backups all the fakers, up, all the pretenders are out now. Exactly, exactly. Which I think this is kind of what we're getting at with our picks last week, because I think we weeded out the bet what we thought were the bad teams, and now there's not really a bad team left. Mm-hmm. I think they're all really, really talented. Even if we switch up the matchups, I feel like all these teams can give each other a battle. Yeah, I could see, I could see any of like my picks being wrong. Okay, I wasn't that set on any of them. Actually, speaking speaking of those picks, uh, the largest line for this weekend is minus six. The package fared by six. That's the biggest. They're all most of them are under four points, though. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a lot of one score games this weekend. Exciting time of the year for NFL. And we didn't see any of those like BS upsets. Like the only upset, quote unquote, was the 49ers, which we both thought were a better was a better team. A lot of people actually agreed with that. Like I saw that was a popular pick. Yeah, exactly. So there's no more pretenders. Like these guys are all in. And I don't think I've seen that. Usually you see a couple up like wild card upsets. They're like, oh, dang, these guys don't belong. But you know, the better team didn't play up to what they're supposed to do in the wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. But all the good teams played well. And now it's just good teams left. The Elite Eight, like you said, to start us <laughs> yes, off. Yes, sir. All right. But well, we'll be back again next week. We're talking about these games. We're talking conference championships this time next week. I'll go into more detail when we know who's in them. But until then, we'll see you guys next week.